and my guest today is Bronwyn. Hi, Bronwyn. Hello. Bronwyn is our cancer team's coach. She's also our steer. She trains us twice a week from May to September, comes to all the regattas with us, and keeps us uh, going <laughs> in the boat. So welcome, Bronwyn. Thank you so much for coming and doing this with me. Thank you for having me. It's You're wonderful. welcome. One of the reasons why I wanted have you here you were not a breast cancer survivor no. i'm happy to say thankfully <laughs> <laughs> you hear us say that the price is too high to come into our boat right yeah. i mean there's other community teams there's other paddling teams but our particular boat the price you have to pay is too high to come in so we're glad you're not one of them mm-hmm. but we are thrilled that you're a coach <laughs> why don't you tell us a bit about yourself like who are you how did you get into dragon boating and coaching Well, um, I'm a student. I'm still in school. So I'm 25. I'm in grad school. And I started dragon boating when I was an undergrad. So I went to the University of Waterloo. And in my first year, I struggled a lot. I had a lot of anxiety. I just was ill-equipped in terms of coping mechanisms for first year. Being away from home, I think, was a lot harder than I thought it would be. And just... In high school and, and as growing up as a kid, you know, I was always kind of, you know, the smart kid. And so that was just kind of part of my identity. And I knew I was also a worrier and I definitely had a lot of anxious tendencies and okay. a lot of, I was always a worry wart even as a kid. And it got more and more pronounced as I grew up because everything started to just seem like it mattered so much more. So in grade 12, I started having test anxiety because I knew that these tests mattered for my grades to get into university and so then when I finally got to university and I was sitting in lecture, I was sitting in front of an exam, I would just completely blank because coming into school, my goal was to be a medical doctor. And so I knew I needed to have good grades, but I was just so overwhelmed with the pressure of that that I was putting on myself. And I was so stressed about like letting my parents down and letting all these people down, just an anxious mess. Like it was... <laughs> And I had kind of focused solely on school in that first year, which I was always a really busy kid. My parents were amazing and they put me in a lot of stuff. And so I was always used to having to time manage and everything. And so then when all I had on my agenda was studying, it was, well, I just won't for a while. Because A, it stresses me out. And B, I have so much time. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's too bad. really do have so much, much time, time right? yeah and then all of a sudden it's you know midnight before your final and you're like oh <laughs> maybe I should have time managed better <laughs> so anyway I actually almost flunked out of my first year that's how much I struggled and I was just extremely ill-equipped I had a very good uh, dawn in residence Emily Ryzen was amazing and I definitely would not have I think been as successful going forward if it wasn't for her because she, I was able to confide in her. She told me about her personal struggles. She told me that, you know, taking medication is not an admission of weakness. Mm-hmm. And going to therapy does not mean that you're broken. Which, up until that point, that's what I thought it was, you know? Me too. Because up until actually super recently, and I'm young, but like up until recently, like the stigma around mental health has not been the greatest right right so it was it's a really hard thing to admit to yourself like I have a problem and then it's really hard to then make that step in 
want to seek out that help because it's also really hard to open up to people. It's a very isolating disease. It can be. And I've had my own experiences in that. Yeah, so it was just, it was very, very hard. And Um, it's scary. It's terrifying, especially because you don't feel like you're in control of your body. Yeah. You really don't because your brain is off doing its own little thing (laughs) and your body's reacting to it and it really can feel like you're just completely out of control. And that's what my entire first year experience was about. And uh, I had met somebody who was part of the Dragon Boat team prior to first year because I went to like an overnight weekend thing just to get familiar with campus. My parents wanted me to go knowing that I was an anxious person just to kind of familiarize myself with the environment, which was smart. So I had met, uh, her name's Corinne, we're still friends to this day, and she told me about Dragon Boat. And so I thought, oh, that's really interesting. But, you know, going to first year, I'm just going to focus on school. And that did not pan out very well. So coming into second year, I thought, no, I need to I need to do something. And I need to do something active because I need a way to burn off the extra steam from yeah. all of the stress and everything. So I went to Dragon Boat practice at PAC yeah. on campus. And I immediately fell in love with it. Like, it was just so fun to move around. And we didn't even paddle that first practice. It was just, like, dry land practicing. So it was just conditioning workouts. It was like circuit training and things like this. But everybody was so welcoming. Everybody was so friendly. And it was just so fun to see this group of people all hanging out and having fun together and like not talking about school and not talking about that assignment. And it was just this breath of, breath of fresh air. And because I'd always kind of been an active kid, it was really that outlet I was looking for. So I was told about the competitive teams and the different kind of avenues you could go down and I started making friends with some of the more senior people in the club and so I joined in fall term by winter term I was helping coach dryland practices oh wow you were fast (laughs) I was yeah because I just loved it and I gravitated towards it and then I just wanted to learn as much as I could and and then yeah and then that first summer was my first time paddling um, as part of the competitive teams wow so I work really really hard you know training in the gym And then I fell in love with the gym. When I was an active kid before, that meant, you know, like swimming or playing soccer, but I'd never been weight training before. And I just, I just loved it. And my mom, she was a little bit funny. She was a little bit apprehensive. I think she's worried about me hurting myself, which I did end up hurting myself (laughs) a couple years later. But uh, it was just amazing. And I just really felt like I had this wonderful community. And then also that first summer, I helped a friend of mine, Patrick, coach a high school team. So I was just kind of... For weight thrown training or for, uh, for paddle? On the boat. Oh, dragon boat. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So he uh, was the main steers and I kind of helped him coach from the drum. And then I learned how to steer. And so right out of the get-go, I was kind of wonderfully given a lot of coaching experience from my peers and from my senior paddlers and things like that. So it was just really amazing from that perspective, how welcoming people were. And right. they... Being part of the student team, of course, because of the co-op terms and people graduating, like they knew that it was important to kind of mentor people so that as more moved on, there's always somebody to fill up. So then I got involved with the executive and then I got involved with training people and then I started coaching more teams. Um, In my second year of paddling, I made the national team for U24. Um, So I was on Team Canada and I just, yeah, Dragon Boat. And the people, you know, like I often say, it kind of saved me because I wanted to quit school. 
Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was, I didn't, I was, I'm not suited for this. Like, it was just the coming so close to failure, it made me question my entire identity because it was just being smart was something that I thought I was. And then when you look at my grades and when you look at my performance on my transcript, that's not what a smart person's transcript looks like. So it was just this complete clash of identity. But Dragon Boat really helped me kind of reform myself. And second year, I got my grades up enough that I could transfer out of my original program, which was biomed and into kinesiology. Oh, that's how you did that. Yeah. Okay. So I had to, yeah, work hard second year and like pull up all my grades so that I could transfer into a different faculty. And that's partly also why my program was longer, like my undergrad was longer, because I had to redo some courses and things like that. But I finished, amazingly. That's great. And and I'm in grad school. That's amazing, Bronwyn. I didn't realize that was your story. Yeah. Wow. Mm. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) So you said you have been... Uh, coaching a few teams. Mm-hmm. When did you start first coaching the breast cancer team? I think that must have been my third year because I think my first year of paddling I did high school, second year I did community, and then I think the following summer I did community and breast cancer survivor. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's how it worked. And then I also helped coach the competitive team one year in addition to doing us, the. Um, yeah, because I've been with this team for a while now. So. Yeah, I've been with them, I think it's my fourth year. I don't know how many years I've been. It's so hard to keep track. Yeah, it is. It's been a while. <laughs> I'm, I'm using chemo brain. <laughs> well, that you You're calling use. it. Yeah. I'm calling it. I'm calling it. <laughs> so, was there a difference in coaching? A, we're all older. Mm-hmm. Uh, B, we're, we're, we weren't. I know when I came in, I was. I always considered myself a team player. Yeah. Until I got into the boat and I, I was just struggling. Not because of not because I didn't believe in the team, but I I just was struggling to keep up and I suddenly realized that if I there was twenty nineteen other women in the boat that I had to paddle for, not just mm. for myself. You know, and I couldn't get out of the boat and walk away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the middle of the creek. Yeah. So, um, I've learned a lot about being a part of a team. Yeah, yeah. Um, in just the few short years that I've been here. What's it like coaching us? I mean, because we are, this is all about breast cancer and mm-hmm. these podcasts are about that. And, and I just wanted your perspective of what's yeah. like, what it's like to coach us. Well, coaching every team is different and being a part of a team is different, you know, even in a, in a group of 20 people in a boat, you know, you change out one or two people and the dynamic does change. Uh, and so then that can be a little bit difficult for, for a coach to kind of navigate. Mm-hmm. But just, you know, kind of comparing against boats that I've coached, it was definitely a different set of challenges coaching a BCS team. One of the reasons is because, you know, based on, you know, who had surgery and what side surgery was done on and were, what stage of treatment you were in or coming out of, uh, how long ago you'd had your treatment, what types of physical activity you had between the time you were finished treatment and did this. Like, there were so many variables that the paddlers weren't as, you could say, versatile as, say, a quote-unquote healthy middle-aged community paddler who had never had a surgery, who had never gone through chemo, 
You know what I mean? Yeah. So from that perspective, when I was first coming in, A, I was used to kind of the competitive uh, mentality. <laughs> I was used to people around my own age. And then with community, I was just used to, you know, kind of healthy, quote unquote, healthy, you know, middle-aged adults. And so, oh, I need this person to be on this side. Can you switch? Yeah. Okay, great. Perfect. Now we're balanced. Go to BCS team. Hey, so-and-so, can you switch? Actually, no, because I have sutures on this side. I cannot paddle up. Okay. (laughs) So that's a good point. So let's just try to be creative now and find a different solution. But I think... From other than, you know, some logistical things like what I just described, I tried to not think of the BCS team as a BCS team. I tried to see the team as I would see any other team. Um, And I think that was something that maybe the team really appreciated because I didn't want you to feel like you were being coddled. I didn't want you to feel you had special treatment. You know, because you're still people and you're still athletes. And yes, you've been through this life-changing experience, but you're in the boat now and I'm your coach. And so I'm going to coach you how I coach Dragon Boat. I'm not going to coach a BCS Dragon Boat team. I'm coaching a Dragon Boat team. Um, Well, let's face it. Talking about cancer is hard enough. Yeah. Right? But having 20 women in a boat with cancer, it can really throw you. I don't know what's the limit here, and I don't want to push people to this limit. I'm, I'm nervous about any sort of complications that could happen. It's a, it's a sensitive issue. Yeah. Um, and especially for a male coach, some of the humor yeah. in the boat, <laughs> some of the humor in the boat is sometimes a little bit offbeat. <laughs> so for a male coach, it might feel really, really awkward, right? So then you know they might not know just what is appropriate, what level of challenge is appropriate. So I had the benefit of coming in after the team had been established for a couple of years. And I had the benefit of, you know, learning from the other coaches and just saying, I'm just going to try something a little bit different. So it's always easier, you know, being the third child. You could say, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've seen my older siblings, you know, grow up. Yeah. <laughs> so. Good analogy. I will say as a, as a paddler mm-hmm. that I never considered myself an athlete until you mentioned it. And that happened the first time you did that. And I think it was training for Italy. Mm-hmm. Like I, you were saying, I, I, I remember you telling us that. I'm not treating you like breast cancer survivors. You're athletes. And that's what I am pretty mm-hmm. much expect you to act as athletes. And I remember you saying that. And I could see everybody's shoulders go, ooh, just mm-hmm. up and back a bit. Because it's like I had never been called an athlete. And I don't think any of the women in the boat had been called an athlete, for the most part, had mm-hmm. been called an athlete before. Mm-hmm. So there was a sense of, ah, we're yeah. athletes. We're 60, but we're <laughs> athletes. Well, and I think, so two things. One thing is, I think when somebody has experienced a lot of struggle in their lives, I think people like that, tend to consider more of the mental side of things a lot more in any situation because our brains and what's going on in the front of our brain, you know, that we're aware of or what's ever going in the back of our brains, it really does govern our lives. What I was noticing is that the confidence 
was not there. And it's not that you're incapable of executing a race plan. It's not that you're incapable of paddling at a certain stroke rate. It's that it seemed as a team, from my perspective, that the confidence was not there. Oh, I can't do this. Well, absolutely you can. You just have to believe in yourself. You have all the tools. You have the will. You just have to believe that you can and then and then it will happen. And then there was a lot of talk in the boat, especially when we would practice at the same time of, of community. And I would hear comments, oh, wow, they're so good. Or, oh, wow, they're so fast. Or, oh, of course they're faster than us. Or, and having men, you know, that helps. And, you know, little jokes and comments like this. And I was just thinking, it doesn't seem like they see themselves as an athletic team. Like, just a lot of the talk. So, and... We're building up to an international regatta, and I know a lot of the women in the boat wanted to go and do well and be competitive, and it wasn't just going to be a la-di-da, really lily paddle type of thing. So that was a big indicator to me that I, it just really felt like the mentality needed to switch. And so that's why I had made that comment, because, I mean, I see you all as athletes. Because athletes can be defined, I think, in a couple different ways. You know, obviously there's physical traits that can define an athlete. And if you look from one sport to another, those physical traits can be very, very different. But for me personally, something that really defines an athlete is the mental capabilities or the mental strength. And these are 20 women who made it through cancer. (laughs) So like you're tenacious, you're strong. Of course you're just apply that same type of will determination into the boat there's no reason why you can't paddle 500 meters if you did this thing (laughs) this you know where your body was just subjected to crap yeah you you fought a battle and won (laughs) paddling is easy now (laughs) wow Bronwyn I love your vision of us, and I love that you have gone that route with us. Because we, as as a team, we talk about that. We talk Mm -hmm. about how, when you said that to us the first time, I remember some of us saying, wow, we're athletes. And that was amazing for me, that that was like a realization. Then when we were in Italy, Mm -hmm. you said, we're international athletes. Mm -hmm. that was even bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was it was a proud moment? Yes. To mm-hmm. know that I belonged with this team, that we had this amazing coach behind us, and not letting us get away with stuff, <laughs> really. And you know, it's not like you pounded us to a pulp, but you certainly did push us to dig deeper mm-hmm. and pull harder and push push our minds so mm-hmm. that we're not succumbing to that. Mm-hmm. And for that, I'm, I'm truly, I am personally very grateful to you oh. for doing that. Yes, it's helped me because I, you know, like I said earlier, being on a team, when you're in a work team, it's one thing, mm-hmm. getting your assignments done. It's another thing when the women around you are wanting you, wanting to get to the end of the line as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. And you may be, you may be a contributing factor of either making it there or not. Mm-hmm. And that's a mindset that I didn't have. And yeah, it's powerful. Yeah, and I, and I think that when 
if there is struggle mentally, then I think physical accomplishments can help because going back to like school experience and everything, when I said that Dragon Boat really, really helped rebuild me and reform me, that was true because I saw all the success in the gym. I saw all the success physically and I saw, you know, what my body is capable of and, you know, pushing through sets and having the perseverance to get through tough practices and not giving up and those same types of themes then were translating into school. So it's, I think, self-identifying with a lot of the women in the team, you know, as kind of this disconnect between what I think I can do and then what you can actually do. I think sometimes we as humans, I think, get really, really stuck with these definitions that other people essentially have made for us, you know, for the longest time. I'll use this another example. Like for the longest time I had like my definition of intelligence was basically just like your numerical grade. If you're an A student, you are smart. If you're a B student, you are average. You know what I mean? Right. Because that's what, since you're in kindergarten is kind of just fed to you. How you've been measured. Yeah. It's how you've been measured. It's how you've been compared. It's how you rate yourself against your classmates. Like it's just this construct that, that the school system kind of makes, right? So then all of a sudden when I was getting these grades that were just not reflective of this smart definition that I had, it was just like world crushing. Like, well, what am I then? And so then I was talking with somebody, a therapist actually, and she said, well, Berlin, why do you find, why do you define intelligence that way? And I had to pause and I was like, hmm. Well, I guess I didn't really come up with that definition, did I? (laughs) Hmm. And so that, and then that same type of challenging of definitions, I think, can be applied to everything. You know, so why didn't you see yourself as an athlete? Well, what's the definition society has of an athlete? It's somebody who's super ripped and can run far or is super strong or whatever. But that doesn't need to define your definition of athlete. And that certainly does not need that image of the Olympic level athlete does not define my athlete. So that was the type of thing I was trying to almost project was you don't need to fit into these definitions. Mission accomplished. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. Yay! In 2018, we went to Italy. We international regatta of breast cancer survivors. In 2018, it was in Florence, Italy. There was, we were minus one paddler, right? We yeah, were I think we, we took 19 people, I think, yeah. And it was so amazing. There was like 3,500 breast cancer survivors. Mm-hmm. That's when I got, mm-hmm. like, that I'm part of this community. I'm part of this movement. I'm part of this athletic group Mm -hmm. and I think it was there too somebody mentioned that this was the largest female athletic competition oh wow I believe that yeah believe that so it was it was phenomenal but it was also fun Mm -hmm. so you you came with us and you hung out with us at varying different stages so what was that like you know just being in Italy with uh with your with your peeps (laughs) (laughs) it was amazing you know i uh 
of course, I've gotten to know a lot of you over the past few years leading up to that regatta. And I was just very, very honored that you wanted to bring me because I wasn't allowed on the boat in that specific regatta. Of course, BCS only in the boat. And so I wasn't actually expecting that I was going to go because I wasn't going to steer you and everything. So I was just extremely honored, extremely flattered that you wanted to bring me. And of course, all of the help, you know, with my plane ticket, you know, being a student, that was just amazing. I don't think I've said thank you enough <laughs> to the team for that. It was so fun. I don't see, even though there's an age gap for a lot of us, you know, I don't see you in a way that I can't relate or I don't see, you know, some of the older ladies as like, oh, well, I don't, I don't want to talk to them because <laughs> none of that. I love hanging out with you guys. I really, truly do. And in a lot of ways, the team has started to feel like my extended family. And I think I've spoken a little bit about that. It is this really, really wonderful familial feeling I get when I hang out with everybody. And of course, we're all excited just to be in Europe. So excited to be in Florence. And so how could you not have a great time? You know, like Florence is a beautiful city, even though it was so hot. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and no breeze. It was, it was just humid. <laughs> but it was just it was just wonderful. And everyone like is so funny in their own way. Like I just loved going to dinner and just sitting and talking with different people and just joking around and like Jen is just a hoot like she's so funny and it's just it was so fun it really was it really really was I loved two things I loved the cooking class that we took yeah that was so much fun one I of mean, the highlights yeah yeah and we drank yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> one in Italy yeah and we cooked mm-hmm. and just getting to see everybody in that light. And so relaxed, too. Yeah. And then Emily singing opera. Oh, my gosh. She was, wasn't that beautiful? She is beautiful. Yes. Yeah, she's a beautiful soul, after all. And then the, the chefs were... So were, fun. They, and they never had so much fun. They said, people are very serious. And then this blustering Canadian team comes in and boom... And then the other one, as a group that we did, not all of us, but some of us, was this Vespa tour yeah, uh, oh, yeah. in Chianti. That was fun. That was a hoot. That is I one of my favorite memories. <laughs> one of my favorite memories, yeah. I didn't have my driver's license, so I had to sit on the back. But it was just, it was really nice that way, because I wasn't worried about all the crazy so did I. <laughs> people on the road. It was just like, sit back and relax. I thought that was the, I opted out, like I tried to ride the Vespa and then I just opted out not Mm -hmm. to do it. And uh, I realized when I was on the back, I could just enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I didn't have to worry. And I could see the scenery and I was moved beyond belief about the scenery there. (gasps) And it was just gorgeous Mm -hmm. that I got to drive it because there's three of us. So (laughs) the Tuk Tuk, which was (laughs) But it, it was so much fun. Those were, there was a lot of highlights, but those were the two that just stood out mm-hmm. for me. And the team is amazing. I think because everybody on the team has been through this, you know, life-changing experience. And, you know, you walk into cancer and you don't know if you're going to walk out the other side, right? So there's, I think for the majority of the people on the team, there's this, this vibe about, like, don't take life too seriously. 
it's all good. It doesn't matter. Just have fun. And when you're with a group of people that are just not taking it too seriously, it's just so easy to just let go and just have fun and not worry about stuff. You know, it's just such a freeing kind of environment to be in. And then on top of that, you know, everybody's just so excited because we're doing this big thing as a team and like think something that nobody ever would have dreamt that we would have done. You know, when that At team started and we had maybe like 10 people in the boat, we nobody would have thought we're going to Italy to this big international regatta. So I think everybody was just so, so wonderfully taken back by that experience and the, the other highlight for me was the ceremony. Yes. Because, of course, you know, every every breast cancer ceremony is moving in its own way. But that was not only moving, it was just powerful and the chest powerful. Yeah. You know, um, and I will never forget seeing all those flowers. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So that just to let people know, we, at the end of every breast cancer survivor regatta whether it's in Canada or in southwestern Ontario or one of the international regattas at the end of it all the there's a, a race and then the boats come together this in Italy was what 22 boats I forget how many they put on the water because what they did in Italy is there was a representative from each team in a boat mm-hmm. and they did a race and then they were all given flowers which and then a song was sung. Do you remember the song that was sung? Yeah, it was from the Gladiator soundtrack. It's entitled Now We Are Free. And so it's um, Lisa Gerard and Hans Zimmer. It's, um, it's their song from that soundtrack. Well, it was so moving. Yes. And then we throw the flowers into the Arno River. Every paddler on the shore and supporter had flowers too. Mm-hmm. And we threw them in at the same time. And it's to remember those of the past to celebrate those who are here and to hope that nobody has to do this in the future. I think mm-hmm. that's what the ceremony is. Yeah. It represents. Mm-hmm. It was powerful. Extremely. Yeah. Cause you just see this vast crowd of pink, it's just pink as far as long as you can see. And it was just really, really well done, really yeah. beautiful. And it's, it's an amazing experience to be in a group of people who are all feeling some like a very powerful emotion like it's just it's an indescribable because it's just more people and you're all feeling this thing and we're standing on that shore they felt it too you know and it's just like this amazing moment where it often feels like we're so divided as as humans you know but that moment really made me feel connected to everybody there and it really and i mean i've never thankfully experienced anything firsthand there has been a member of my extended family that's died from breast cancer so i know that it has been in my family but i've never firsthand had to thankfully deal with anything but it was just this amazing feeling of connectedness and i think a really wonderful testament to just the power of the human spirit and you know people come together for a positive cause like it just it was just a really really wonderful thing and in 2022 New Zealand. New Zealand. <laughs> so we're pretty excited about this. So that's kind of when I have to put on my my coaching cap, and not so much my coaching my friends cap. 
Right. You know. Not in my eyes, Bronwyn. I okay. adore you. You see me through rose-colored I, glasses. <laughs> I do. Well, this was a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming and doing this. Is oh. there anything else that you would like to add to this conversation? Well, I guess I would like to say, you know, thank you to you and the team for, you know, always wanting to have me back. You know, there's definitely been a few times where I've thought like, oh, maybe I should step down and let somebody else try or, you know, maybe I want my Tuesday, Thursday evenings back in the summer. (laughs) (laughs) But and especially especially this past summer, you know, I was this past summer was a tough one for me with stuff with work and stuff with my family and everything. And it and I thought that having to go and coach was just going to be another draining thing. And especially I'm an introverted person. So you know, I was worried that I was just going to be so emotionally drained and so tired and grumpy. And there's definitely a few times that I was all those things, but it was just, it's such a wonderful group of women. And every time I came to practice and I was visibly sad because I do not have a poker face, I am an open book. (laughs) And just being able to talk about the different things with everybody, because everybody was genuinely wanting to help me. You can't, you can't, I can't, it was just an amazing thing. Yeah, to anybody who is going to listen to this and wants to be a part of an amazing group of women, WPC, Breast Cancer Survivor Team, is the place you want to be. And as a person who is younger and, you know, kind of going through life, it's just really inspiring to see a group of people like yourselves, you know, and, and it makes me feel like I can work through anything. Curveball, I can work through this, and I have 20 six or however many ladies to look up to and to go to and to go to as well you know like it really does feel like i have a wonderful support network and i think we all support each other which is this wonderful community that i think we've really been able to establish that's just the one that's just the wonder of sport and it's just the wonder of feeling like you're working together towards a, a common goal there's so many wonderful aspects of doing team sports and i would recommend i would recommend it to people who struggle with with mental illness, because I, I do really, really think it helps um, anecdotally and also like through other people's like, lives. Yeah. And, yeah, and it's important, I think, to have that kind of disconnection from the rest of your life. Like for me, if things were really stressful at the lab with testing that day, I drive to the creek to this beautiful kind of weirdly, this weirdly beautiful oasis in the middle of like a city. And you know, the breeze on your face and you see the water and you hear the birds chirping and you, you know, look at the nature and you're like, yeah, none of that matters at all. Because the world still turns, it still orbits around the sun, you know, the waters still lap on the shore. The world is still a beautiful place. You know, you can choose to look at it that way or you can choose to ignore it and just focus on, you know, the 1% of things in your life that are bothering you. You know, it's a wonderful way to disconnect and to do something so productive like so healthy for your mind and your body and your soul so it's it's a lifesaver <laughs> i agree mm-hmm. and what a wonderful way to end this podcast thanks Bronwyn. you're welcome really thank you it.